Those introverts or extroverts have to get everywhere to say hey to everybody. Okay, right? Uh, <laughs> everybody else is sitting in their seat panicking. Please don't talk to me. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I only have two minutes of conversation. How's the weather? It's great. Okay, walk away, walk away, walk away. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, hey, I just wanted to apologize for the projector. We, uh, it's not the projector that's the problem. Uh, Sam just told we need, we need a new computer, so the computer crashed. And so, uh, uh, yeah, so there you go. Black Friday. So, uh, shopping boo. I don't like spending money. Um, so let's uh, pray, and then we'll go. Go from there. You ready? Father God, thank you so much for this opportunity to uh, open your word. Uh, thank you that we get to uh, learn from it and grow from it. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Jesus, just even at this moment, before anything has really uh, been said, uh, that you would, you would just speak to us exactly where we're at. God, I thank you that you know our hearts and our lives better than we know ourselves. And so, uh, uh, God, uh, change us. God, don't leave us the same. May we not only be challenged by your word, but may we uh, grab hold of you. May we not lose sight that you are the prize. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you have your Bibles, could you turn to Matthew? Uh, is anybody else cold? I've just been cold all morning. Matthew chapter 8, focus, right? <laughs> Matthew chapter 8, we're going to be in um, verse 18. So we're just going through uh, the book of Matthew. Uh, last week we closed up the, the third person that was healed right after Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And uh, so uh, this week uh, he, he begins to teach it again. And so verse 18. Sometimes I should uh, look it up instead of talk. Okay, here we go. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross the other side of the lake. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross the other side of the lake. So, so when we see this, we, we go, okay, so yeah, hey, Ed, I see you. Uh, okay, I see, I, I, I see everybody here, right? You know, we get that idea. But this word saw is, is not like a casual glance. It was an intentional thing that Jesus did. He saw the crowds. He looked at the crowd. He, he, he was gathering uh, insight about the crowd. And so and we see this. Jesus over and over and over again, he would encounter people and they would say something to him. They would present something to him and he would see exactly where the heart was. 
And he's no different today. So, I mean, we, 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 you know, we present something. We have this, this air about us that we want to come across as. But really, when it comes down to it, Jesus sees directly to our heart. He sees our motives. He sees our intents, our intent, uh, our intents, <laughs> our intent. And he knows exactly our heart. He knows exactly what we're going through. The Bible says that, that God knows us better than we know ourselves. Wow. Right? That's pretty, like for me, that's like, <gasps> wow. So he knows what I'm thinking. He knows my motives. He knows my intent. He knows every single detail about me. And, and even in the midst of this, for me, it's so humbling because he knows everything about me. He knows the way I think. He knows the way I act. He knows my motives, and yet he still pursues me. Humbling, isn't it? So this first piece of scripture, we see him immediately. He saw the crowds. And that's no different than what he does today. He knows exactly where we're at. He knows what we faced and what we're facing. He knows the, the stains that we try to hide. And yet in the midst of all of that, he pursues. He saw the crowd. And you notice what he did after he saw the crowd, he, he commanded them. It wasn't that he suggested. It wasn't that if, yeah, if you think, maybe, would you consider going to the other side? It was command. Go to the other side, right? I just think this is, I think scripture's hilarious, but that's me. Uh, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then, then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. I will follow you wherever you go. And we're like, oh, okay, so a teacher of the law. So we got, this guy's a scribe, right? And so we're looking at this and go, okay, that's cool. Yeah, this guy, teacher of the law, comes and tells Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. But this is a little different, right? This is like, uh, we're going to go out and we're going to play flag football, right? We're going to go play flag football. You know, you got the little things, the, the flags, and you run. And if you're smart, you tie them really tight and make them really short and hope that nobody can grab it, right? But then they just give up and just tackle you. But So we're going to go out. We're going to go play flag football. And, and I'm picking my team, and David's picking his team. You can stay there. Uh, he's so used to standing whenever I call him. And David's picking his team, and he, 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 he's got it. David's got his team, right? You know, he's got Kenny and Dick and all these other guys on his team. And, and here I am picking my team. And, and all of a sudden, here comes Russell Wilson, right? And this guy can escape anybody from grabbing his flags, and he can throw the ball pretty far, and he's pretty quick, right? And so Russell Wilson comes up, and he says, Sean. I go, yes, because I got a little crush on him. Uh, yes, 
This is so amazing. I love you. Okay. Yes. And he goes, I'm going to be your quarterback. You are. Oh, wow. This is so awesome. Right? And then my team, with me and Russell Wilson and everybody else, beats everybody. Right? And I don't even ever touch the ball because he just runs it and gets all the touchdowns and we win, right? And so when we look at this, we see a teacher of the law. This is a big deal. This is is a big deal. I mean, Jesus has finally arrived. No. Uh, This is a big deal. This is like having Russell Wilson come and want to be on your team for flag football. Yeah, pretty awesome, right? And, and, and listen to what the guy, the teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go, right? And, and here he encounters Jesus. And he says, I just want you to know I'm going to follow you. I'll go wherever you go. I'll do whatever you want. And that word follow is interesting. On Wednesday night, we had this conversation about that follow, right? It came up somewhere. I said, Jesus' followers. And one guy raised his hands. That's where we got follow the leader. I know it. I don't know if that's true or not, but it makes sense, right? So follow the leader is this idea. The follow means that, that you, you're... you're in a sense, mimicking or you're going with, you're obeying. Uh, this idea of follow is, is deeper than just plain follow the leader. But this idea of follow means that, that in Scripture, it means that I'm going to surrender. I'm going to give up. I'm going to submit. I'm going to let go of control. I'm going to obey I'm going to serve. And, and, and this idea of follow in Scripture is deeper than that too. Because it's, it's a commitment. It's a no matter what. Right? It's, it's the same kind of commitment that you would stand before a group of people and say, I do. No matter what. Good times, bad times, rough times, sick, poor right? No matter what. Happy, not. No matter what. Follow. And so we see this, and and this guy is making this statement, this person's making this statement, I'll follow you wherever you go. And here's what's so amazing about Jesus. He gets directly to the heart of it. And he responds in this way. Foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. What? I like Okay, I'll follow you wherever you go, Jesus. And then he goes, foxes have dens, birds have nests. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Okay, is that confusing to you or just me? It's confusing, right? And so we read this, and, and I, my first point is this. Let's go, let's go. Wait, what? 
That's my first point. Let's go, let's go, wait. What? So when we see this, this guy is saying, I'm going to follow you no matter where. I'm going to go wherever you want. And Jesus sees directly into his heart. You know, I mean, he, sh- he should be flattered. And, David, you can come now. Uh, oh, David, you're, you want to be on my team? Yeah, right. Come on, let's go for it. We're on a mission. Let's do this, right? Isn't that what you would expect to hear? If somebody said, hey, hey, I want to follow you. I want to go wherever you go. I want to serve you. I want to do what you're doing. I want to have your back no matter what. I got you. You're like, oh, yeah. I could use somebody to follow me. I could use somebody. To... Does that hurt? I'm strong. I'm strong, huh? I could use somebody that's got my back. I could use somebody that believes in me, that encourages me, that, you know, can fight this battle together. Right? Because isn't that true that that's what we long for? That we long for this sense of community, family, brotherhood, sisterhood. But he looks exactly at the teacher of the law's heart. Doesn't say anything about him following him. He tells him what the journey is going to be like. And he's reminding this person that I I don't know where we're going to go. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to face. I don't know where we're going to sleep, but uh, I know that you're not in control. Uh, Wait a minute. I know that you won't be afforded all the luxuries that you think you should have. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, uh, it's not necessarily going to be comfortable. There are places that we're going to go that are going to be hard. There are places that we're going to go that, that people are not going to like you just because you talk about me. And so, so all of a sudden, this guy comes showing up, and he's all that and a bag of chips, and he realizes that Jesus knows exactly where he's at. He knows where his heart is. So he confronts it. And so, so Jesus, this idea of following, is, is leaving something behind for something different. And so when we see Jesus encountering this this teacher, he's leaving his home, his shelter, for something different. No home, no shelter. Wait a minute. But he's also leaving for something different. So, So... So, so when we look at throughout Scripture, we see this idea of if you believe in the Lord and confess with your mouth that he'll save you, right? So, I mean, he forgives my sins. And, and, but this idea of belief is not just the idea, well, ha, huh, I believe, right? But this idea of belief is this mentality that our beliefs change how we live 
or even differently. The way we live demonstrates what we believe. Wow. Give you an example. If I have somebody that's harm me, fist. Oh, oh, not like that. Okay, bonk. Just go like this. Okay, so if I have somebody that's harmed me, right? Uh, <laughs> if I have somebody that's harmed me and continues to harm me and continues to harm me, and I'm like, I'm never gonna. Uh, okay, I'm out of that situation. I'm not. I'm never gonna forgive them. Wait. I don't need to forgive them. Wait. The Bible says, for as much as you forgive, I'll forgive you. Wow. What that's saying is what I believe about God's forgiveness. Isn't it? If I choose not to forgive... I'm making a greater statement about God's ability to forgive than I am about me having a bad attitude. Amen. Wow. Wow. So we see this first man. He counters Jesus, and Jesus reminds him that it's not a walk of comfort, that he has no home. And so the, the cost of discipleship means that you have to trust God in every aspect. You have to move from one position where you are to where he wants you to be. And that means that you leave this behind. And for this... this uh, Fella, it meant that he left his pillow behind, his cozy bed, right? Because that was the thing that was the priority for him, evidently, isn't it? If we ask that question, if we ask that question, if the way you live demonstrates what you believe, could I ask you this? What do you believe about God? If the way I live demonstrates what I believe about God, what do you believe about God? Oh, I, I, you know, I, I trust him every day, Pastor. I trust him with my heart. I trust him with my relationships. I trust him with my friendships. I press him... Trust him with my finances. I trust him. Trust him every day. Well, praise God. Do you live like it? Because <laughs> earlier we said that the, the demonstration of who we are is our fruit, right? And the fruit is what the Holy Spirit works in us and produces. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? These are the fruit of the Spirit. These are, these are, what we, these are how we live based on what we believe, what, what, God, what we're allowing God to do. Because in order for God to produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control means 
that I've got to trust him. And it means that I've got to surrender some of my attitudes. Oh, why are you messing up in my business? Don't talk about attitudes. <laughs> it means I've got to surrender some other stuff, doesn't it? Because really, when it comes down to it, surrender is what God wants. Dependence is what God wants. Not on, on mankind, but, but on him. I depend on him. Well, do you depend on him? Show me how you live, and we'll see what you really believe. Wow. Now you're just meddling. <laughs> Go sit down, David. Thank you. Give him a hand. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Wait. It's this idea that, that, that Jesus expects us to look at the cost and count it. Okay, so, so if I'm, I'm looking at following Jesus, I'm looking at serving him with my whole heart and my whole life, and the Bible says that when I surrender to him, when I ask for forgiveness of my sins, when I believe in him, when I believe in him, again, belief shows us how we live our life, shows us what we believe. So I believe in him means that I'm surrendering to him. And what that, what, what's even deeper about it is this, is that Jesus makes this great exchange with our lives. I surrender my life, which is broken, flawed, full of sin, full of stains, and at times hopeless and distraught, at times full of anger and bitterness, at times full of unforgiveness and hatred, that I'm surrender and rebellion against God, so I'm at war with him, so I'm a surrendering this life where I think I'm all that in a bag of chips and I'm better than everybody else. I'm the big person, you know, I'm the big person in charge or whatever, that I surrender that to him. I yield. And what happens is that Jesus exchanges he exchanges. Well, what, is he have to, what do we have to exchange? That's the point. We have nothing to exchange. So what that means is that I could be the best and moral, most moral person. I could live a good life. I could help a lady cross the street. I could come to church every Sunday. I could give millions of dollars. I could, I could even be nice to people in the morning before I have my cup of coffee and still... <laughs> it's not good enough. That last one was a big stretch, right? Okay. <laughs> it's still not good enough. So what am I exchanging? Broken. I'm exchanging broken. It's like if I took that computer and took it to the store and said, here you go. Give me a brand new one. I should try it. <laughs> oh, let's exchange. <laughs> you take the one that's got all the junk going on with it, and you give me a brand new one that's faster and fancier. Uh, and so what happens in this great exchange is that Jesus takes what we offer, no matter what it is that we offer, and exchanges it. And he exchanges something 
So he takes what's broken and exchanges it with something that's whole. He takes something break, broken and he exchanges it with new. He takes something that's hard and damaged and exchanges it with something that, that is soft and full of life. My mother-in-law went, went to the doctor this last week in an emergency uh, and she had her gallbladder taken out all of a sudden, right? I mean, it was an emergency. And they pulled it out and it was hard because uh, it was just done. And so the Bible says that, that, that they would take that hard out and exchange it for something that's new and full of life. Takes the heart of stone and gives it flesh. Takes this old and gives us in exchange a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. You think of that conversation that Jesus had with that religious guy named Nicodemus. And he had it at night, and it was secretive, and shh. I don't want people knowing I'm going to Jesus. And Jesus offers that amazing scripture about trusting him, giving him his life, and so on and so forth. And he, and he makes a statement that you must be born again. And Nicodemus is going, that's gross. I don't want to be born again. Know what you're not getting. Is that you believe in me, you'll have life. But, but it's even greater than that. I don't want you to just have life. I want you to have new life. So this idea of belief, again, the way we live demonstrates what we believe. So what do you believe in God? What, needed a what needs to change in you? And, and, and in this, we think of like ideas or thoughts. Well, I got to change this. 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 And really when it comes down to it, it's about surrender. It's about trusting God with every piece of my life. And what God offers, yes, what God offers is, is that yes, yes, when I believe in Jesus, I surrender my life to him. Yes, I do have fire insurance. <laughs> I get heaven, right? I get heaven and I get, when I die, when I move on, I get to see him. I get to be in his presence. I get to enjoy him. I get all that he is. And sometimes we look at all the benefits, abundant life, good living, uh, uh, kind person, all the benefits, and we lose sight of the one that's giving. And see, the truth is, the prize isn't the stuff that he gives. The prize is him. The prize isn't the, isn't the abundant life. The prize isn't joy. The prize isn't peace. The prize isn't hope. The prize is Jesus. When I was younger, I had this black BMX bike with yellow star mag wheels. 
And this is the time of like this movie called Rad. And in this movie in Rad, they would ride their bikes and do flips and stuff. So it was super awesome to have a black BMX bike with yellow star mag wheels. And I had one. Oh, it's the coolest bike in all of Mapton. There was a problem though. I had no idea how to ride this thing. No idea. And so you know what I did? I, and I, I'm sure that you can picture this because it's pretty consistent with the kind of personality I am. I would take this bike around Mapton, which Mapton is a really small town uh, in eastern Washington, and they grow hops. And that's pretty much it, right? So, uh, and we would catch tadpoles in the little ditches by the hops. Okay, so I, I, I walked this bike around my black BMX bike with yellow star mag wheels. And I would go up and go, hey, David, you want to ride my bike? And David would go, oh, that's a black BMX bike with yellow star mag wheels? Yes. I want to ride your bike. And he'd ride his, my bike, and I'd watch him, and I'd go, wow, isn't that cool? This is awesome. Oh, yeah, hit the brakes. Oh, did you see the, oh, yeah, good burnout, dude, good burnout, right? You're so awesome, right? And then, and then uh, David would finish riding my bike, and I'd pick my bike up, and I'd walk it back to home. <laughs> right? And so, so what David, David, David didn't realize is that he thought that the yellow BMX or the black BMX bike with yellow star mag wheels was the prize. But it wasn't. The prize was my friendship. And see, we do the same thing with God. As we look at all the benefits that he gives, and they're amazing. You know that the Holy Spirit comes to reside in us? And the Holy Spirit not only empowers us to live, but the Holy Spirit heals people? The Holy Spirit does supernatural in me and outside of me? The Holy Spirit is my comforter? Right? So I'm alone and broken. It comforts me. Amazing benefits. No gold diggers. He's the prize. He's the prize. Not the stuff that he does. And so we have this teacher. Super great. Great. But my question in all of this, again, what do you believe about God? How do you believe about God? Do you seek him for what he can do? Or do you seek him for who he is? He's so good. There's this old uh, song. <laughs> uh, and so the old saints are going to perk up because this is, yeah, finally a hymn. Uh, so... Uh, but this song is interesting. Uh, the gentleman that sang it, uh, it wasn't a song uh, until he started, he tuned the music to it. And this, the, the words of this song, uh, his mom put it on the piano. So this, this man, this kid was 
was far from God. And his mom put this, these words on the piano. And so he would get up and he loved the piano. Um, uh, he loved to sing. In fact, uh, he was, uh, shortly after this, he was in the process of signing with a label, a record label. But he was far from God. And so this guy, this person, would come and sit down at the piano and he uh, saw the words. Oh, that's interesting. And because he's musically talented, not me, <laughs> he started clunking at these keys, right? And he came up with the music behind this song. But, but the words were always present on the piano because his mom hoped and dreamed that this person, this man, kid, uh, would come to know Jesus. Uh, and let me read this song, or the words. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hands than to be the king of a vast domain or to be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name. He's fairer than the lilies of ra rarest. Rather be true to his holy name. He's sweeter than honey from, from out of the comb. He's all that my hungering spirit needs. I'd rather have Jesus... And let him lead. That was his mom's cry for his heart. And so one day she overheard him clunking at the piano, singing this song. And it sparked her heart. My boy, do you hear what he's singing? And later on, uh, this boy, uh, he played this at church, and it became the chorus of his life. The guy's name is George Beverly Shaw. And he gave up that music contract. You know what he did? He toured with a gentleman named Billy Graham. And that's all he did, was tell people about Jesus. And so when we see this, if you were honest to God, is there anything that you'd rather have than Jesus? Verse 21, 
another disciple came to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. So if my first point was, let's go, let's go wait, my second point is this, after, after, if. <laughs> after, after, if. So this, this gentleman, what's interesting about this is that his, his father wasn't dying. He wanted to go and wait. He wanted to wait until after uh, his dad passed away and then all, I've got all this stuff, I've got all this riches, I'm good to go. I, I've settled all my... Get out all this stuff. Okay, yeah, look, look, look. Hey, I'll, I'll be right back. I'm going to go do something different. I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm going to go live whatever, however I want to live. I, I, I just want to take care of this stuff. What's interesting about two, the two people... Uh, the one was like after, after, if. The other one was, mm, let's go, let's go, wait. After, after, if. Let's go, let's go, wait. Right? We all, we've all been there, haven't we? I'll go, Lord, after, you, after this happens in my life. I'll, I'll, I'll follow your call. But I want to take care of all these other things. You know what's interesting about the Israelites? I mean, if you look at the desert that they wandered in for 40 years, and I've heard friends say this, how could they not find their way out? It's pretty obvious. It's a small place. But they wandered the desert for 40 years. Do you know what they did before they wandered the desert for 40 years? They stood outside of the promised land for 40 days. And they question God's goodness. They question God's faithfulness. They question God's strength. And they stood outside the wilderness. So God said, since you don't believe me, you don't trust me, you haven't surrendered to me, you don't get to go in. So what you'll do for every day that you waited outside of what God has for you, you'll spend a year wandering 
Isn't that an interesting picture? Take another lap. Isn't that an interesting picture? After, after, if? What, what keeps you from believing God for all that he has for you? What keeps you outside of the promised land? We, we see this idea and this mentality in Scripture that, that God designed us. The Bible says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says that he knitted us together in our mother's womb. And yet we're continually rejecting our design for either our comfort or a lack of trust. This picture of the promised land is the same as in a relationship with God. I mean, because they had to cross over into it. They saw what all that God had to offer. They brought in all these fruits to demonstrate how, how this land was full of milk and honey, so to speak. How it had huge grapes and it was abundance, but... There are also giants. I don't know about that. It's no different. See, God has a plan for you. He has a design for you. He made you on purpose, for a purpose. He wants to offer you freedom and hope and life and peace. He wants to exchange the old, broken, stained dirty for new brand new and so often we look but we don't enjoy it so often we look and we decide to live the life that I want to live because The way we live demonstrates what we believe in God. We we stand. We go, oh, wait a minute. I won't have comforts. Some things will change. Doesn't that really come down to trust? Trusting the goodness of God? See what the... When Jesus talked about the foxes in the dens, the birds in the nests, the thing that was left out is he always had Jesus. So it's true. We'll go through hard times. We'll go through rough times. The thing that's all, often left out is that we always have Jesus. If you've trusted him with your life. Hebrews. Hebrews three twelve through 15 says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you 
has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have all come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold to our original conviction firmly to the very end. As it has been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Hebrews 3, 12 through 15. Today. So, where do we go with this? What do we do with this? Where do you identify? If you were to look at your life and say, okay, this is how I live. What does it show what you believe in God? Do you trust him with every piece of it? Do you really? Maybe you're here and you're like one of these guys and you're, uh, I'm not ready to let go of control. I'm not ready to step in. I'm just not ready. Maybe you're here and um, you can relate to that after, after, if. <laughs> I can wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow's a good day. But really, Scripture only promises today. So how do we respond to what God is speaking? <laughs> this saint, this woman, she said this. Her name's Corey Ten Boom. Amazing woman of God, preacher. You see, a potter can only mold the clay when it lies completely in his hands. It requires complete surrender. That a beautiful quote? And that sums up this morning. Would you stand? Would you just take a moment just for evaluation between you and God? Where are you at with him? What does your life say you're at with him? The call to follow is one that is to be considered. Is one that is to be surrendered. It's one that is forever.
this morning. I think most of us have God speaking to our heart. Should as me. So when you're ready, I want you to join me up front. Whatever the Holy Spirit's speaking to your heart about, you know, He knows. But if there's something in you that needs to be cleaned, needs to be exchanged, there's something in you that causes you to resist and not trust. I would encourage you to take a step of faith with me, knowing and believing that God can handle it. So as Katie or Susie sings this song, (laughs) when you're ready, you can come forward with me.
Father God, wherever our hearts are this morning, I thank you that you know us better than we know ourselves. And so God, I ask that you would continue to speak to our hearts throughout this week. That if there's some, there's some, There's some unforgiveness that you have that you're holding on to. That you're refusing to forgive. This morning I think that God's speaking to your heart. Forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting. Forgiveness means that you're no longer going to be subject to that. Forgiveness means that you're no longer going to hold that over them or over you. So if you feel like God is speaking that to your heart, just exactly where you're at. Would you ask him for help? Help me to forgive like you do. God, I thank you that, again, that you know us better than we know ourselves. So we lift up our hearts to you.
If you're here this morning and you believe in God, but your life doesn't show it. Bible has this amazing word called repent. And what that means is it's a change of thinking. It's a turnaround. It's a change of living. It's a turnaround. It's a change in loving. It's a turnaround. And so repent means that I stop doing it my way and I do it God's. So a following means that I leave where I was to go where he wants me to. Then repent is similar in that way. I stop where I'm at and I surrender and turn it to God and I let him handle it. Perhaps there's some of us here this morning that need to pre- repent, surrender. If that's you, would you just, just take a moment and say, God, I surrender like the potter, like the clay in the potter's hand. I surrender my life. Surrender the way I think, the way I live, the way I love. surrender everything so God take my life shape and mold it Jesus name Amen I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold I'd rather be his than have riches untold I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand than to be the king of vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name. He's fairer than the lilies of rarest bloom. He's sweeter than the honey from out of the comb. He's all my hungering spirit needs. I'd rather have Jesus and let him lead. Lord Jesus, may that be our prayer. So God, I ask that as we go, if we came here with a weight, God, I pray that you would carry it. Have your way in us and through us. Jesus, we desperately need you. In your holy name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Bless you guys. If you want to hang in, you can, but you're dismissed.